Do you ever worry that your child is evil incarnate? Well, it's true. Is this a metal thing? Yes. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, the least cursed podcast in the world. Um, your hosts each week are me, Dr. Bryce Hanson. I hold a PhD in spookology and across from me, across the state, sits Doc Professor David Day. You know, Perfect. you say it's the least cursed, but I think it's a, it depends on the day. Yeah, this is a full disclosure, take three, Oof. day two of the Omen episode. Maybe at some future date we'll release the outtakes for the failed first attempt. And to be honest, I'm still like pretty gun shy about this right now <laughs> doing video but so far it's okay it hit you like a bag of bricks dude it was yeah. you were not having a good day yesterday but i mean um the podcast wasn't having a good day yesterday we have a lot of interesting stuff that we're going to talk <laughs> about on the uh on the after pod um that's for damn fucking sure um yeah. and you know what actually i think i think we should definitely release the cursed episode from yesterday uh all 13 to 20 minutes of it on patreon yeah yeah um so anyways <laughs> this is the, the ironic because you know the omen the the production is one of these movies that's supposedly cursed that's right so you know we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that on the episode today today again we're reviewing the omen the original from 1976 uh, before we get into it, just want to give you a couple pointers to enhance your enjoyment of Horror Movie Talk. Go to HorrorMovieTalk.com and find links to all of our social media, as well as our Patreon and our YouTube channel. Like All, all the areas that you're going to want to engage with Horror Movie Talk, you can find links from there. Uh, really want to plug our YouTube channel because we are doing video now um so check us out there we need to increase our engagement and subscribers there so we can start doing cool things um uh, we post new episodes to all platforms every wednesday Uh, if you want to give us a call leave us a voicemail at 682-253-4468 and if you really want to support the show which we really need in these hard times dude uh, uh, yeah go to our patreon at patreon.com slash horror movie talk and you can join us there want to thank our new patrons 
specifically Andrew M, Joseph Q, Ariana L, Laura D, and Robert the F. <laughs> um, you know, you know what? I'm sitting here. I'm looking at the poster for the Omen, and uh, and it has the tagline on it. You know, as posters do. It says, you have been warned. If something frightening happens to you today, <laughs> think about it. It may be the omen. So maybe that was, it was wow. the omen yesterday. Wow. But you know what? We That's... got a lot of things to be thankful for, Bryce. Namely, I mean, if you're on the video, you can see our hairlines, which mm. we have pretty decent hairlines for dudes in our approaching you know, our 40s. Yeah, approaching. All right. I am, I am actually 40, so I'm in the 40s and i got this luscious head of hair it is thanks beautiful. dad yeah i mean i love I'm looking you, at that thing Thank and i'm just so trying much. to think about what it looks like down below you know just mm. a fucking forest real yeah, straight hot, hot and steamy down there mm-hmm. yeah um how's your dick forest look pretty pretty rough right now you know manscape isn't a sponsor anymore so fuck that yeah yeah where's yeah but, but i'm on i will say I'm the product on, i'm worked. on a i'm on a trimming uh fast Sabbatical. until manscaped comes back as a sponsor going all natural that's right anyways but i will say that their product worked well yeah it did yeah yeah um if you're new to the show, we give a brief uh, synopsis and review at the start before we get into spoilers. We'll give a score for the movie. We scale, we score on a scale of 1 to 10. And then you'll get a nice warning when spoilers are going to happen so you can bounce if you haven't seen the movie and come back at a later point. Uh, but in the spoiler section, we talk uh, not only about spoilers and what happens in the movie, but we what we liked and hated about it. Later on... We've got a special bit for the omen that I'm going to call cursed or not cursed. Yeah. <laughs> and David wrote in blurst or not blurst. And uh, just from what we experienced yesterday, it's there's a lot of irony in, in having that. Um, I'd also like to introduce on, on this episode, the addition of the sad life cam. Oh, we so have the sad life cam we can go from we can go from like yeah this is you know things are okay things are okay to sad to, life to this your is, your parents are going to be just fine kids everything is okay <laughs> so uh Ooh, yeah, wow got, i've got the gopro just set on top of my computer with absolute minimal care um i'll probably be getting like an actual stand for it and, and use that going forward. But yeah, you know, I was supposed to be recording with the GoPro today. Uh, this is to our, our, our producer, I suppose, fart fart. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. It, the GoPro is recovering from yesterday being cursed. It lost all battery life. I don't know how to recharge it. It won't take a charge. So here we are stuck with my shitty old webcam again. This is a, probably a bagged episode, so it'll be, uh, It'll be coming yeah. out a little later than when we were. I assume this will come out sometime in October. Um, oh, okay, cool. So, yeah. Um, so we watched The Omen. Um, I know this is my at least second time watching it. Have you seen it before, David? Yeah, this is also my second time watching it. I watched it um, after we had started Horror Movie Talk. 
Um, so within the past four years, I watched it for the first time. Okay. And uh, so we watched it again, and it was ominous. So the omen um, can be found on HBO Max right now. Um, and wherever else you can rent movies, I'm sure. Uh, Gregory Peck plays Robert Thorne, a wealthy and politically influential man who, unbeknownst to his wife, adopts a baby boy to replace his son that was born but died on the same day. The child, named Damien, when he becomes a toddler, begins to be surrounded by strange and untimely deaths. When his father starts investigating the circumstances of Damien's birth, uh, he finds out that his mom is a real bitch and his father... I mean, this guy was a real jerk. So The Omen is a tentpole horror movie. It's it's uh, mentioned um, on a lot of lists, but especially uh, as it makes up the unofficial trilogy of parenting horror with Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist. It preys upon every parent's worst fear of, is my toddler evil incarnate? And this movie answers, Maybe. The real horror in the film isn't anything that Damien does. It's what he represents uh, for the future and the powers that seek to protect the powers that seek to protect him. Um, the focus isn't so much on gaslighting like Rosemary's baby. The omen focuses on outside forces that set themselves against and for the Thorn the Thorn family. Uh, the omen in the title refers to the prophecy of the Antichrist, and in particular, a poem that an ominous priest recites to Mr. Thorne, which is quoted as being from Revelations, but is actually created whole cloth by the screenwriter. Oh. Uh, while there aren't a lot of scares, quote unquote, for all those people that say, it's not even scary. Uh, this is a taut and well-paced thriller with plenty of dread and ominousness <laughs> it's a well-constructed and acted movie uh with a couple of set pieces that really stick in your mind uh it did i did wish that they did a little more with a little damien uh gave him a little more to do he really is a blank slate in the film uh it's intentional uh but he barely has any lines and in his and as far as characterization, he seems indifferent to death and he has shifty eyes. And that's pretty much what you got to go off of. Mm. So it would have been nice to create more of a dilemma for the ending by showing him as a more normal boy who loved his parents. Because what the director was going for, he specifically asked for all like supernatural elements to be removed from the script so that you're wondering whether this is all in, mm. in Gregory Peck's mind, which really underlines the, the horror of the, the end of the film. And so like, he, I wish they would have done a little that? more. Huh? Do you think they achieved that? Did it, did at any point were you unsure as to whether or not this was in Gregory Peck's mind or uh or in reality? Um not not really. I would say that they did sell his his 
struggle with it that he's there's a lot yeah. of showing him saying yeah. what if i'm wrong which is effective and you wouldn't be able to do that if there was like the more obvious supernatural elements everything you could still write off as being coincidental yeah um, you could uh well i don't know i don't know about that i i think i think that was a thought at the start of the script but once they definitely by the time they got it on the editing room floor it was like ah fuck that this is a straight ahead blockbuster we're doing it like there's yeah. no question like yeah i mean i we can talk about more about it in the spoiler section but i yeah i think they could have gone harder in that direction definitely um i really like the movie it but it doesn't quite achieve the emotional heights of Rosemary's baby or the exorcist. So I deduct deduct one point. I, I think it's a great movie. It it stands on its own very well and it's beloved for, for good reason. It's, it's a really well-constructed, well-acted movie. And it is known outside of the circles of, of just horror um of the horror genre so you know it meets the qualifications of you know yeah you know transcending genre boundaries but for me i just i wasn't as engaged as my other favorite movies in this subgenre of parenting horror and and i give it a nine out of ten i think that's a fair score i mean so uh, this is this is a movie with a ton of iconic imagery like and moments. Um, and for that, I mean, that's huge. You know, I mean, some, uh, some of the scenes in this are just unforgettable and really well done. Um, and will stick with stick in your head. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the graveyard in Transylvania or Greece scene like was, is so like, that's just in my head all the time. Rent free. the, you know, there's there's a couple um, deaths that really stick with you and are just so alarming and disturbing and out of left field um, that you just can't help but but yeah, be be like, oh wow, I like that was really well done. Um, a couple cool elements too. Like I think I don't know if this is the first example of this, but just the the element of the photography of the photographer like taking pictures mm-hmm. of people that stuff happens to them later in the film and there's these like photograph artifacts that show up very much like you would see in one of these ghost hunters Mm -hmm. type shows where it's it's just this added element of what is going on and that kind of sticks with you there's a couple elements like that that are that are really good yeah, um, it's uh, th- all that being said, it is a super seventies feeling movie. Um, like this little kid suffers from that kids from the seventies vibe, where it just uh, looks like he's from the seventies. You know, um, I don't agree with one of the things that you said in your review, which is that Damien seems indifferent to death. To me, he seems extremely concerned about death. Um, or at least bodily harm uh, throughout because he seeks shelter 
from those who would do him harm in like dogs and in his nannies and stuff who he glamours or something like um, there seem to be all these Denzians of of hell, like willing to protect Damien. Um, well, and, no, I meant he was indifferent to the death happening around him, not necessarily ah, like his own death. Gotcha. Like, now we've 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 ironed it out. So, yes, no, that that is definitely true. Right. Um, so but yeah, to me, it doesn't. It does drag on a little bit. It suffers a little bit in terms of pacing. Is not quite as as a gallop where I'd like to be. Um, but I mean, it's iconic in in a lot of different ways. Um, and I mean, I will watch this again. Um, and you know, it's been redone. Uh, and I mean, you know, fucking Gregory Peck, like shit. Or Gregory Pecker, as I like to call him, because um, that big old, big old swinging dick. And, you know, this spawned, um, so like I said, a remake, it spawned a couple of sequels. I think there's... Uh, I think there's three sequels. Yeah, there's Omen and 2. The, the remake. Named Damien. Um, yeah, the remake, which was, I think, 2006. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't an insubstantial movie. It just, um, just not quite as can't quite put my finger on why i would give it an eight but i will give it an eight because that's how i feel it is a little long like i i would assume that you were not enthusiastic that it was close to two hours it could be cut down a little i i just think like enough happens in the plot where it feels like yeah this makes sense it doesn't yeah feel like it's staying in one place for too long in that two hours yeah no that's that's about right i think and um, I mean, did I mention Gregory Peck? I mean, kind mm-hmm. of. A, no, that is maybe you'll be able to help me with this one. This was a question. Carrie, Carrie and I were watching this, and um, and I said, "Wasn't Gregory Peck gay?" And she's like, "Yeah." <clears throat> and I and she's like, "Boy, wouldn't it be weird to live in a time where that just was not cool to for other people to know that?" You know, and I was like, uh-huh. "Yeah." How, when did people know Gregory Peck was gay? Cause it's like common knowledge now, but like, d- like the people who hung out with like Audrey Hep- Hepburn had to know because he wasn't like hitting on her and shit, I assume, you know, like, like, uh, like every fucking lead. I'm I sure. mean, that's, that's one of the, like the really interesting aspects of time back then where it's like, they're there's a certain aspect of people being completely blind to it where it's like, yeah. Oh, that, that, uh, um, who's, who's the guy that Michael Douglas played Liberace. Like, Oh, that mm. Liberace. He's, he's such a silly guy. Looking really? at him. It's on a show. Yeah. Like, I hope he finds a nice young girl to settle down with someday though. It's um, hard to pick, you know, when you got your pick of the letter, it's hard to choose. <laughs> There's that aspect. And then there's also the aspect of people definitely had like gay uncles or cousins or brothers and sisters, and they knew what that looked like. And I'm sure there's people that like that worked close with them that, you know, you you assume, but you don't know for sure. Yeah. And I think that that assumption can either go to the way of like, well, I just I'll be I just won't 
talk about it or bring it up because that'll make them feel uncomfortable and it's none of my business to like assuming they're gay and thinking that's a bad thing and maybe spreading rumors about them. So, I mean, it's, it was, uh, must, must've been a real rough time to live. Yeah. I'm just, um, I'm just so curious to know when he came out or maybe I'm getting all of this wrong, but, um, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's questions, questions that we have. If you know the answer to any of these questions, call us at 682-253-4468. Yeah. And if you want the answer to no commercials in this mid roll or getting early access to episodes as soon as we release them, go join Mm. our Patreon. Um, Patreon is where you can find early access to episodes. Also, we release all our episodes without ads after a certain point. Yeah. We didn't offer that early on. So some of the early episodes still have the mid roll and, uh, as well as bonus exclusive content and, I don't know when this is going to come out, but I'm going to assume we're still having a little bit of financial trouble. Oh yeah, we, we got... are in big financial straits perhaps. Um but uh, like we can't we can't start we're not sure about it for right. sure, but things could be very bad for horror movie talk. <laughs> so we might be currently or in the near future having like a real special uh <laughs> special on Patreon to get an economic boost to horror movie talk. Let's just say this. We've we've never hates us. Yeah. We've never like broken even personally on (laughs) horror movie talk. No. Uh, And we pay people now, but we do have a huge bill from the IRS. (laughs) So for nothing, apparently for fucking nothing. Right. Um, so Maybe. join us there. Also, you know, if you want to give us more money, go to or our shop at horrormovietalk.com slash shop. Um, there's a lot of designs from our resident artist, Dustin Goebel. You can find him on Instagram at dgoebel00. That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0. Um, and if you want to, again, leave us a voicemail call, 682-253-4468. Thanks again. Let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. Wow, that was cool, Bryce. So, um, yeah, this was, I'm having deja vu because we went through some of this we've we've almost gotten to the point where we haven't recorded anything about it yet um (laughs) and we haven't cut out at all so i'm getting parched still still hopeful you know what it might have been it might have been your gopro david because you were using the gopro on the last one i'm just gonna blame that it was not we cut that out we cut it out it wasn't Um, my gopro you sent me the gopro it's our gopro Okay, well, it might have been our GoPro, but it wasn't Hmm. our GoPro. The sad life cam. (laughs) Dude, things are sad over there in the sad life cam. What's the story? How does it get so different? It's just, 
the angle and the lighting you know it's like hey it's modern family roseanne <laughs> roseanne does look like Ro- it does look like roseanne lighting <laughs> dude all warm and fucking wet <laughs> oh, oh weird okay roseanne. so um this film is Richard Donner's first film. He's the director. And Richard of Donner's, the Donner party? No, of of Richard Donner. He's you know, I wonder if he has is connected. Oh, I'm we never know. But this is the first like actual feature film. He'd done a lot of TV work before. Um worked on just random kind of like procedural shows as well as I think he did some Twilight Zone episodes. But this was his first foray into film, and it was a huge success. Um, I don't think anyone expected it to be as successful as it was. Uh, Richard Donner, if you don't know, directed the first um, Superman, the 70s slash 80s Superman movies. Yeah. Uh, One and two. I think unofficially on two because they, like, fired him when he was almost done and released, like, a studio cut. And also Goonies directed the Goonies and the first two Lethal Weapons, which is kind of kind of weird too. So, um, pretty varied. Um, not necessarily like a strong style, style, just very capable. And I I compared him. All oh, my jokes are gonna feel stale because we've I've already told him, but compared him, he's like the '70s version of Ron Howard. It's like, yeah, you do associate him with like one or two films, but like you don't know what most of the things that he's done unless you go up on imdb right yeah people don't necessarily have a favorite ron howard film or if they have a favorite film of his they don't think of ron howard as being a reason right right um yeah the only ron howard film that i can like pick out of my brain as being a ron howard film is apollo 13 um and then all the rest of them but like I'm looking through his stuff and I'm like, okay, all right, I guess, you know, it's like, <laughs> those are good movies. <laughs> yeah. He's capable. There's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with Ron Howard. He's great. No, It's just, yeah. Ron Howard is the Toyota Camry of directors. <laughs> it'll do for a long time and it'll do great. Right. You can call him in. He's, he's a, he can be your hitman of a director. Holy shit. But, uh, he directed Cocoon? Uh-huh. And Splash? <laughs> no. He did Splash? I thought that no, I thought that was Wait, uh that can't be right. Wait. Director. director. Oh, he's And Splash. And Splash. Huh. Both of us had the exact same feeling as of, of, of like no. He directed he directed Willow. Shit. And backdraft and far and away, dude. See, far all these and away was are, a fucking are, great movie, dude. Yeah, a lot of people hate Far and Away just because of Tom Cruise's accent. I'm like, what the fuck? Far and Away has has. If you're not familiar, Far and Away is a movie about about. A, I think it's a true story about a little girl and her dad who flew um, with no this some is... geese. What am I thinking of? I'm oh, thinking never. Of... No, Far and Away is a is about uh oh yeah Irish right. couple going to stake a claim. <laughs> yeah. You're you're way off. 
What am I thinking of? Well, uh, I have no the idea. Girl, the girl from True Blood. Um, well, okay, now I got Now I got to look this. Anna up. Paquin. Yeah, Anna Paquin. Um, Anna Paquin. She That's was in. So far off from far and away. It's, it's well, impressive. just fucking stick with me because it's about the same year. Um, fly away home. Uh, fly away yeah. home. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has yeah, the word away the... in it, so. Yeah, fly far. It's all the same. It's the same movie, basically. Um, yeah. So I mean, all these movies are like they're blockbuster movies, but no one like thinks that the director is a genius about them necessarily. Right. But they're high quality. I mean, I went back and watched the Superman, the original Superman, a couple of years ago. Ew. After just getting my ass reamed with you know years and years of Marvel. Yeah. And uh, it it was surprisingly fresh. Like it, it still stood the test of time, um, as a superhero movie. Like it's a really good telling of, of Superman. Isn't um, it interesting how hard it was to do superhero movies without special effects? Like it really required green screens to be the entire medium of the entire movie in order right. to accomplish superhero movies right and they even like the special effects in superman which were kind of limited it's like oh put you on a table and make you look like you're flying yeah. like that was like whoa they made superman he's fucking Dude. flying bro how'd they make him fly is he flying in real life it's a movie dum dum. so yeah i mean but like until you could so for example for me when I was growing up and actually reading like Spider-Man comics, it wasn't possible to do a Spider-Man movie. Like no. you just don't, you want to see the Spider-Man movies that they made up to that point. It was like laughable. Yeah. And it's not even necessarily limited by budget. It's just limited by technology. It's like it all, you got a guy involved. swinging on a rope, like, swinging that's... on a rope. Sometimes a lot of times it was like, it was like a set, on the floor made to look like a building like this that a grown man would crawl over like that. Uh, right. And uh like the yeah, Batman very... TV show when they're like crawling up the wall with a rope. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just them crawling up the floor. Very um dumb. Anyways, enough about Richard Donner. Um so it starts off with Gregory Peck's character in a cab driving to the hospital and he gets a call. Mm -hmm. Wait, is that right? Um, yeah, I think so. No, I guess it was a car phone. I didn't even think about that. That would have been pretty technologically advanced back then. Um, but he gets a call and they basically say, Hey, bad news. Your son died. And it's like, Oh shit. And then he gets to the hospital and they're like, Hey, Ah, uh, dang. Ah, <laughs> oh, shucks. I didn't want that to happen. Ah, oh, fucking and then they, kid. They get to the hospital, and there's this, like, priest that's like, hey, you just lost your son, uh, but guess what? One day only special. We have weird, another baby weird, here. Weird coincidence. lost its mother. It looks the like, same. Isn't that fucking weird? We, yeah, look at this just, dead one. And he jiggles the dead one around. He's like, look at it. Look at this thing. And, he, and, oh, he puts, and oh, look at this live one. 
he puts the dead baby underneath a cup and then the live baby underneath a cup and starts doing a, uh, yeah, a gag yeah, on yeah. the table. And he's like, yeah, yeah. keep your eye on the dead baby. Switcheroo. It's like no one will ever know. So he's basically saying like, hey, take this live baby, switch it out. Uh, we don't want to bother telling your wife because <laughs> women, am I right? They don't got to know. The 70s. Um, so, I mean, the first thing that jumps out at me is like, so th- they didn't tell the mother this at all. And he had time to drive and like have a conversation in the lobby before the mother was even like told that. How long did they take the baby away from the mom back in the 70s? Oh, it was like, fucking... they make it such a huge point now to be like, they pop it out of your vagina and immediately like slide it like a slip and slide up to your chest and be like, hold it on your skin because that's the most important thing you could possibly do it's kind of interesting that you're bringing this up because like they basically take the baby away from her until he's 10 you know (laughs) they're like they're like raise a child fucking we got some fucking maids over here bro like you're not ew don't touch him god get him off of you no wonder he turns into a fucking devil like (laughs) you know it's like i don't first of all the first couple minutes of after birth, not real important. That's shit. Don't. That's not bonding time. That's just like baby death slash trade in your baby for a new baby kind of thing. And then, and, and by the way, don't let her know. Her tits might reject the baby. You don't want that. She if she knows, like it's they come up with the most insane like thought for like don't tell her. She you know you don't want to bother. Her. But fucking bother her. she's adopting the antichrist yeah so whoa 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 spoilers um yeah so they they take the baby she's it's unbeknownst to her and then it skips forward to toddlerhood and we're shown him little damien having a birthday party Mm -hmm. and and we're it's revealed i can't remember before after that that uh gregory peck's character is named the ambassador to great britain so he's it was before that he had just been named ambassador and then they're having a birthday party at his new place by the way at this birthday party little kid birthday party four-year-old three-year-old something Uh like that some of this shit was so fucking cool looking at this birthday so first of all like they are fucking strapped they are they got so much cash they got the cool cash they got the coolest fucking birthday party they got a carousel they got an old school bounce house Without the house. It's just bounce, no house. It's it's like, did you see these? They're like big toothpaste tubes of air. <laughs> did you I didn't see notice. these? No. Oh, it was fucking awesome. It was just like it was just like sewn together blow-ups tubes. So hmm. it was just the tubes, no house around it. And it was just a bunch of kids like just just like all over the place, falling off of those things, just like springing off. And then they had like they had like this uh, uh, fucking roller backyard like roller coaster. Yeah, they had a real carousel, but then they also had like a backyard roller coaster, which is just like uh, like a cart on caster wheels on like a wooden track. Then and they put this kid on it, and they like push him down, and he's like, ah! and he's like holding on for dear life, and you could you could really see the terror in this actual child's face, like, oh god, I'm gonna fucking die. It's great. This this is an awesome party. Yeah. Um. And then the nanny 
is shown like on the roof. Was it the roof? Or, yeah, it was the roof. Yeah, calling out a, to Damien. She gets a glint in her eye about midway yeah. through the party, and then she makes her way up to the roof. Oh well, no, she looks at the dog. That's what it was. Mm. And the dog had the dog. You could tell it was evil because it's got real shifty eyes. Yeah, there was a knowing glance between the dog and the nanny. And then the nanny reappears on top of that, you know, two-story house and calls out to Damien, says, it's all for you. And then she hangs herself in front of, you know, like 50 children. Yeah. Down below. It really goes hard in these uh, in these dramatic death scenes. Like it shows up, you know, it's pretty it's pretty crazy with like imagine seeing a woman hanged by the neck in in a three year old birthday party. It's fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. A um, little bit of trivia. I believe that was Jack Palance's daughter. Who's Jack? You know who Pal- Jack Palance is? Did you ever see City Slickers? Yeah. The he was Curly. Dude? Yeah, the old the old cowboy guy. Oh. He's he's kind of famous in, in old westerns and stuff. Yeah. That was his daughter? That was so goes the yeah movie. it was his daughter holly palance um and she actually looks pretty similar to jack palance you can see the resemblance in in it if you look um mm-hmm. so it goes really hard and then you're like what the hell just happened and then some time goes by there's a lot of time that passes between each of these moments and like you're like nothing happens very quick but eventually a priest shows up to uh mr thorn Mm-hmm. and gives him like a stern warning about um that about nomen get this about nomen that bad stuff is happening around his son i don't think he explains everything at this point um but basically tells him that he needs to get his family away from this kid yeah <laughs> and he, yeah, he he. It's kind of it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate that he decides to talk in riddles, you know, right? And poems. Yeah, it's and like, then you could be a little bit more forthcoming with this super important info. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. At this point, he shows up at Thorne's office and like starts like being really weird, and then he gets taken out of the office, and the priest like yells at his mother was a jack. And then gets cut off. He's gonna say his mother was a jackal. What does that mean? Like, um, well, apparently it's it's kind of a a saying from the Middle East. Uh, his mother was a jackal, which is basically his mother was a bitch or equivalent to that. Um, later we find out that it was literally Tamian's mother was a real bitch like a female dog because when they dig up the grave there's a dog inside there's the skeleton of a dog which is oh. weird that they go through the effort of burying the dog yeah in in a human grave but you know spared no expense for the devil's well, well it was a dog in one grave in the first grave and then it was his child in the second grave yeah his child which, with like an obvious head trauma injury which is another one of these moments that it's just it's like goes hard you know that yeah don't sleep on that that's that's this dude's 
real son, like dead in a grave. It's like, mm-hmm. oh shit. It's so dark. Yeah. Um, and then this new nanny appears and <laughs> they're like, oh, it seems like a good pick, honey. And they're like, I thought, I thought you pick her, picked her. And it's like, no. So this lady just appears and is like, I'm going to be the nanny. Fucking and they're like, oh, Mary, she seems Mary nice. Poppin. Mary Poppins yeah. over here, just kind of this. <laughs> this new nanny, what? <laughs> About how many minutes would she last in your house if if the circumstances in the movie were happening to you? I mean, assuming that you would be able to or would want a uh, nanny for your kids. I, I don't know. I think it's a better, I think you have a better answer uh, ready. Well, I mean, I think the fact that it's like you didn't call her and I didn't call her. And this is just a random person appearing at her house and asking to see Damien alone. It's like, Oh, Oh, get the fuck out of our house. Get the <laughs> fuck out. And, yeah. But she's practically perfect in every way. <laughs> yeah. And then, pretty quickly she's like like telling them like yeah i don't think we need to take your kid to church it's like um excuse me uh what did you just say to me do you like your life do you like getting a paycheck because you better get my son ready for church which they kind of do and then also she like brings in a like basically a an untrained do like a what was it? It wasn't a Doberman. Uh, no, they were uh, a Rottweiler. Rottweiler into the house, and they're like, huh, "Well, that kooky Mrs. Blaylock. Oh well, she sure does take care of our son real good." And then move on. It's See, like, what the fuck? What parents would uh, be like? Okay, well, I guess our nurses are. Uh, sorry, our nanny is opinionated but you know she's raising our kids so what do we know see this is a different household you know if if somebody came into bryce's house and was like no more church that family be up in arms it'd be like what the fuck is it by you come in a day the day household and it's like yeah no what you we, we weren't going to church to begin with what the fuck get can you like and then and then it's like oh well you're raising the antichrist it's like well yeah it's like that's what we've been doing. Like, hello. Yeah, like it's it's pretty bold for her to be like, yeah, no, we're just not gonna do that right now, and and uh, you're just gonna do what I say because that's how this works now. Yeah. Um, but Carrie she's a like- real influence of like protecting Damien, but also like that un. I'm sure this is like an unspoken fear or an actual fear of people that actually have nannies, but of just like, oh, someone else is raising my kid. Who knows what they're teaching them? Like, yeah, who knows what like the ethics and morals and and like their worldview that they're putting on on my kid. But oh, well, I don't want to raise him. <laughs> eh. Yeah. And in this it's... circumstance, like. Uh, I don't think that the mother, I've never seen her like working. Does she have a job? Well, her job is raising the child, bro. 
a municipal not raising the child. I'm sure everyone needs would love as much help as as they can get and would pay for it, but it's pretty bold to be a stay-at-home mom and be like, <laughs> "Not my job. <laughs> I'm just well, going to be over here." Like this is I mean, mm, you're here. Maybe be careful. You know, there's a lot of moms, stay-at-home moms who listen to podcasts, you fucking misogynist, so <laughs> well i know like if they're t- stay at home do they also have a nanny is my question that's pretty privileged i bet i bet a good 40 percent of them do oh do you think okay. you, what do you think this percentage is on that R- really is not 40 percent. what do you think it really is i mean like two percent maybe two dude out here Dude, there's fucking nannies everywhere. Everywhere. Like there are just it's like nanny central. So my whole perspective on that shit has changed. I'm like maybe there maybe nannies are super normal. They're not. Yeah, I mean I guess it's like how many how many people are rich, you know? Nah. I guess I mean it's just that's the prerequisite, right? That's true. Yeah. Um. Anyways, um. So it's this whole situation, and and uh, um. Thorn, what's his name? Robert Thorn keeps getting these warnings, and the priest shows up again. Um. Oh, we skipped over like yeah. The nanny refuses to get Damien ready for church, and then when they take Damien to church, anyways, he like freaks out at the side of the church, and uh. I. This is a pretty upsetting scene for me. Like, yeah, it was really upsetting, and and I I read in the trivia section that this was basically one of the reasons why this little boy got cast. The boy is really well cast. Like, they don't give him much to do, but what he does do, he's very effective. And yeah, Richard Donner. This is like one of the things where you could point to him is be like, that guy knows what he's doing in terms of being a director. Yeah, but they're casting this, and the instruction that that uh, they gave to the kids that were auditioning was at some point Richard Donner would be like, "Just come at me, just like, just give me your worst, come at me." And this kid was, he said, like, "Just come at me, bro." Yeah, just like went for it, and it was like scratching him and like kicking him in the balls and stuff, and. Like throw him off, and he's like, "That's the kid, that's the evil kid," and brings him in. And apparently, he's kind of a little terror on the te- on the on the set. Which the lady playing uh, Mrs. Edith said, um, and then also like he'd get him to get reactions just by like goading him. But yeah, Pinching the, the little kid seemed very authentic. You know, it helps to cast the devil if you want somebody to play the devil <laughs> and i really can't think of any anybody more satanic than like a fucking four-year-old boy like ooh, it is terrible. impressive uh, my my son he's he's turning five in a couple days he is most the most impressive like sociopath one second and then also just the most loving cuddly kid the next it's it's a crazy age 
to have Turns a little on a boy. Dime. Yeah. Wow, Cuz they're smart enough to know exactly what they're doing. Uh but also just still so cute. He's going to be you know, 5. Turn it on. Yeah, he's going to be 5 in 1 2 3 days. That's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. the 21st of September. Um So let's get to the part where uh where the priest meets him in the park like yeah, along the, priest, the river the priest calls him again meets him at the park and lays out everything and basically says like hey bad news bro your son's the son of the devil we forgot to mention that um and he's going to bring about the apocalypse and here's a little poem i wrote about it <laughs> and here's here's how it's going to happen when the when the Jews return return to Zion and the comet shit happens and and then your son is is the is the son of the devil. So I got um, bad news. It's it's not looking good. I mean he uh, his mom was an actual dog, like a real right. dog, like a real right. bitch, real dog face on <laughs> on this bitch, actual real dog face. <laughs> Like real on this actual bitch on this um, actual bitch so they i think even then he was like what the fuck and he leaves he's yeah he says, he's like get out. he goes never get out of here i don't want to see you ever again guy and as yeah. the priest is leaving this storm starts whipping up and there's just all this this is one of the most iconic yeah. like scenes in all of horror for me because it's like it just feels so supernatural. Um, this just a storm out of nowhere. That's just wind and, and lightning. And, and he, and he's running up to the church doors and he's banging on the doors. And as he looks up, lightning hits the, the, the church steeple with the long pointy, you know, lightning rod. And it comes toppling down and it impales him in like this pose of just kind yeah. of almost like, a like martyrdom kind of it's very crazy yeah in, in impales them into the ground like yeah. they're not fucking around with it at all um but this whole moment has been foreshadowed by this photographer this photographer has taken several shots of this priest and there's like this shadow like shaft that's pointing yeah. right at the priest and it, it's it literally comes to happen that he's impaled by this spear yeah the uh, the uh the photographer who has been whose intentions have been seemingly kind of nefarious in terms of mm -hmm. his relationship with gregory peck aka the ambassador you know he's like trying to get something you can tell he's trying to get something on the ambassador because the ambassador breaks his camera and he's like what do i owe you like let me pay really i am sorry for right, breaking right. your camera and he's like let's just say you owe me one <laughs> and so you're kind of like in the back of your head, you're like, uh, this photographer just wants something, you know, he's, 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 he's got something out for Gregory Peck. But then the photographer approaches Peck and is like, Hey man, you know, I got to share with you these pictures I've been taking. They got some foreboding shit going on in them. Remember that 
photographer or that uh that priest who got impaled well check out this picture i took of him a day before he got impaled and it shows yeah like like you said like this Mm -hmm. this shaft this like this like dark shaft going through him like a like an aberration of of the Mm -hmm. of the uh photo paper or something like that and he's like i've been taking pictures of a lot of people who died before they died and as it turns out it's got this weird shit going through all of them in the same way that they die. And so now this kind of unlikely team of the photographer and the ambassador Peck and uh, the photographer are kind of born and they head to yeah. like where the Holy land or something like that. Uh, I thought it was Rome. Yes. Rome. There you go. Or just Italy. They they were around. Well, no. And then they went to Megiddo. Uh, so that's in yeah, Greece or something, Palestine or something. Oh shit, the Holy Land. Uh, where is Megado? Megado, Megado. Oh, it's in Israel. There you go. Or yeah, I don't know. Where is it? I spelled it wrong. Anyway, well, it's somewhere important. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't rely on horror movie talk for facts. This is, this is just <laughs> entertainment value. Um, they had there and the, everybody gets, uh, doesn't the, does the photographer die in, in Megado? He dies somewhere. I know, Cause I know Gregory Peck gets his arm, um, um, skewered on that fence well i think yeah that they that happens in italy like there was they go to the graveyard in italy that's and they right. find the dog and and his son and that's where he gets impaled by this fence they're attacked by these rottweilers there um jackals i guess the i guess the i guess satan's a real fan of rottweilers like he only uses 100 percent purebred rottweilers as his servants I've been bit uh, by a decent amount of dogs and I'd say 30 or 40% of those dogs have been Rottweilers. Like, really? Oh yeah. Yep. Every Rottweiler I've met has been the nicest dog. Well, you didn't grow up in the sticks walking on country mm. roads. When, yeah. Man, they, on the butt, like every time, just on your butt, like, like, ow, my bottom. <laughs> 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 the bee bit my bottom now my bottom's big and yeah, now my bottom's big yeah um yeah and then they they make it over to i don't know yeah sure let's call it the holy land wherever they are and then the photographer gets his head chopped off which is one of the most gratuitous but kind of hilarious like decapitations the good old horror. quintuple shot yeah every um, angle his head comes out this way and that way and this way and that way. I read in the trivia that Richard Donner specifically slowed it down to where like he was calculating they're going to see the metal sheet coming off and they're going to close their eyes like to miss it. And then once they open their eyes, I want them to still see the decapitation, <laughs> like still like the head rolling. <laughs> so like, fuck you. Fuck you from this angle. Fuck you over here. Too. <laughs> um, Oh, we skipped over another iconic scene, which is Damien with his squeaky wheel trike uh, shoving his mother over the balcony. 
Yeah. That's a that's like probably for me the iconic scene of the of the movie. What the and, fuck was she doing hanging up that those pots in the middle of the hallway <laughs> on the second floor? These hanging basket plants just out in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like what was she Where else are you going to put hall pots, David? Hall pots. You need you need a hall you need to hang up the hall pots or else. Um yeah, and she's like the most precarious position like there should be a horror movie just dedicated to ladders the most dangerous tool in everyone's arsenal like more people have died or been maimed by using a ladder and this lady just uses some side table from ikea like just assume everything's gonna be great Plus, if you have enough money to hire a nanny, like, why are you hanging up pots? Dude, you got to do like, something. You're going to get so fucking bored doing absolute hiring all the things to do out. Like, it's like this kid is really, really cutting into my pot hanging time. Like, I need to hire someone to help me. My one true passion. Hanging mm-hmm. pots on the second floor <laughs> in the middle of the hallway. As long as it's precarious. Yeah. And then this, like it shows the nanny like kind of, I don't know. It's almost like having a mind meld with Damien and like getting him real worked up and triking around <laughs> on this trike. And then she unleashes him on his mom. And his mom is like clinging onto the, the banister and it's the most, uh, unfriendly grip. <laughs> it's like, it looks like the banisters are made out of, of like butt plugs to where like yeah. the top is fine. And then it tapers and you're like, ah! <laughs> it's just like shaped, just like my dick. Yeah. It's like you get towards the base and it's just unruly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a great scene. And, and Damien is just shown like, just kind of standing aside and being like, he's like, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to get rid of this dick. Um, so his mother's in the hospital and then eventually like, despite, um, I keep having to look at Robert's, despite Robert's warnings, like she's murdered by the natty nanny before she can escape. Um, there is one line (laughs) in this movie that like my grammar Nazi self was like, Hey, wait a minute. That's not right. I think it's the one of the priests or someone describes the nanny as a servant of the devil and she's an apostate of hell. And I'm like, if you're an apostate, isn't that that you're against it, that you left it? Like, I ain't for it. I'm against it. Yeah. Yeah. If I was, if I'm an apostate of the church, that means you left the church. I left the church and right. I'm working against it. Right. If you're an apostate of hell, doesn't that mean you're a good person? Yeah, maybe they meant. That would have been great a- if they were like, "Your nanny is an apostate of hell," and and Gregory Peck was like, "Oh, good. Oh, thank God." Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they meant to say an apostle. Oh, maybe you know, I just heard it wrong. Now that you say that, I wonder if I heard it wrong. Um, and then, like Thorn is given basically this ultimatum of like, Hey, if you'd want to save the entire world from utter destruction and calamity, you 
you kind of have to kill your child. So here's some knives. Here's how you do it. You stab them with this one, and then you go in concentric circles around it and make the sign of the cross. And uh, and Thorne's like, yeah, I guess okay. this is what I got to do. And then a minute later, he's like, mm, yeah, I don't really love want it. I don't love to kill it. my child. Um, so I want I want to point something out that has nothing to do with anything other than a word that you just said. Since we're splitting hairs here, you know, there's a lot of words used to describe you know the end of times, right? Or or uh-huh. like the worst possible situation. You got destruction, and obliteration, and um, um, just you know all these huge, amazing, you know. Uh, uh, terrible words and then there's this like kind of fun goofy one that's calamity you know doesn't calamity just kind of feel just kind of like it's it's a hoot and holler like it's a just feels like a real cowboy kind of word to me like calamity jane you mean yeah i guess it's probably because of uh calamity jane but it doesn't fit but either way you know how destruction sounds amazing and like Mm -hmm. and like um desolation sounds like so fucking but then there's like there's calamity yeah it just doesn't calamity just sounds like you just fell down a flight of stairs you're like oh no oh calamity is occurring it just doesn't feel right calamity is an event causing great and often sudden damage or distress a disaster so disaster sounds disastrous calamity Mm -hmm. just sounds calamitous I'm sorry. All right. Um, so Thorne doesn't. So he doesn't want to kill the child, but he knows he's kind of got to. But like, there's kind well, of. Well, like he finds this, out his his wife died too. Like he he realizes the stakes because like, and he's like, it's also the, it. that yeah. does it. <laughs> I'm tired of this calamity happening to my family. Um, he he hears about any the, the omen really is that. He's warned that his whole family is going to get murdered, like his wife and him and his unborn baby to mm-hmm. serve Damien. And so, like, really not not just saving the world, but saving himself. And he's witnessed the the death of his wife. And that's kind of the turning point where he's like, oh, fuck, I guess I got to do this or else I'm going to die next. And everyone else that I love. So he returns to the home and then he's like really thinking about it. And he, he commits to do it and he's holding, is he holding down the kid yet? Um, no, I think that comes later, but the nanny attacks him and there's like a pretty extended scene where it's like the nanny's attacking him. Damien's attacking him. Like they're all fighting and dogs the dogs and then finally it gets to the point where he's going to murder Damien and Damien just goes, please daddy. No, which is the one like moment where the most like, effective. Oh, this is a child. <laughs> this is actually a child. Uh, it's going to be pretty rough to murder one, you know? Eh. Um, but then the cops break in and shoot. Once you get over the hump of one, then they're easy after that. You do got to get over that first. <laughs> First one's always the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So Robert gets 
shot by the police. I mean, what else would you expect, right? Um, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then we're shown, and then we're shown um, uh, Damien basically being taken uh, and adopted. It's kind of implied that he's adopted by the president's family. Um, and I think in the next movie, it's, it's not the president that adopted him, but, but someone, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically like Damien gets away with it and that's where the dread is. And apparently the original ending was, was Robert was going to actually kill Damien. He was going to murder him. (laughs) And then the censors were like, no, that's, that's too dark. And then so they decided to make it so, you know, the apocalypse would happen instead. Wow. The censors actually coming in clutch for once and making a right. sequel possible. Ooh, right. Um, how did this end scene work for you? Like, I asked because the all the scrambling with the dog and the and the nanny, um, it just felt so like I, I kind of hate it when movies do this, when they like turn the end of a movie into like a a mad scramble kind of thing. Mm. It just feels like kind of um, anticlimactic. Like it's saved, it's saved quite a bit by Damien being like, daddy, no, you know, like that part is pretty cool. But like, I don't know the mad scramble kind of thing, whenever it's like, Oh, there's one knife and two people like trying to get it or like all that kind of stuff just feels too actiony for me. And it, it just throws me out of the creepiness of the thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a cliche, but it's effective. I mean, it's a good finale to the movie. Just having just chaos, you know, and and like having your having your plans completely destroyed by an insane person trying to kill you at the same time you're trying to kill someone else. I um, I mean, the thing that I'm left wanting is like all this fucking calamity that's promised throughout the movie of like. The world's going to end because of this kid. Like, I want to see what that looks like. You know, like, don't you kind of want to see it? And, and you know, what movie gives you that is cabin in the woods. Uh, spoilers. Um, spo- spoilers uh, for cabin in the woods. Uh, but uh, I like, I, I want to see that, you know? Well, see, the thing is, it's implied that it's not going to happen for a while. It's like the kid is going to grow up to be the Antichrist. I like, get right it. Now, I'm just, just saying. I just got a wish list, you know? Well, good news. There's like three more sequels to it. Um, one starring Sam Neill, I believe, is the grown-up Damien. Sam um, Neill? Oh, shit, from Jurassic Park and... Yeah. No shit. Really? Yeah, the uh, the final conflict, the last chapter in the Omen trilogy... The and final it's, uh, yeah, Sam Neill plays Damien, grown up, and I think he's a, uh, yeah, he's also like an ambassador or something. He's a man of power. So, anyways, who would like the Omen? Oh man, I mean, this is a this is a classic horror movie. Like you said, it's it. I think there is an easy case to be made for this being the direct sequel to Rosemary's baby. If you just cut out a few scenes, 
in this movie and that movie, boom, this is the direct sequel to Rosemary's Baby. Um, and it sits in that. It actually, to me, The Omen does, like you said, sit in a very similar place to The Exorcist. Um, I think if if possession, demon, devil, um, calamity stuff works for you, this is... This is right in calamity. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I think the answer is simple. Parents. If you're, if you're a parent of a child, like this is kind of a must see horror movie for you. Um, Especially if you've gone through the toddler phase. True. All right. Next up, we got a new bit. Um, I just this is more of a freeform thing, not really a game or anything. But The Omen is one of these movies that's associated with being cursed, mm-hmm. and it's basically become a marketing gimmick. Right. Um, but was especially effective back then because um, it was used to great effect in The Exorcist. Um, they also really used it in poltergeist for for marketing you know supposedly like so that's the question is like do we believe this or not like how okay. how much evidence is there for an omen curse other than the first two attempts we had at making this episode <laughs> so here's here's some some of the things outlined as the results of the omen curse okay I'm down. So this is straight from IMDb. I'm just going to read off some of this stuff. So the film seemed to fall victim to a sinister curse. <gasps> Star Gregory Peck and screenwriter David Seltzer took separate planes to the UK, yet both planes were struck by lightning. Okay. Uh, while Sounds producer... Like minor inconvenience. Um, while producer Harvey Bernhard was in Rome, lightning just missed him. Um, so, okay, let's, let's talk over these, these three. So question number one would be, did Gregory Peck and David Seltzer take separate planes at the same time through the same storm? In which case, yeah, would it be that unlikely? Why would they, why would they have done that? Why would, you know, like what would be the, just to stay away from each other, just to have like. Well, for insurance purposes, you know, if one plane that goes down, at least you still have your producer. Wow, you came up. With, you came up with the only reason why that might be a thing. Probably. Um, but then the the one where it's uh, the producer almost got hit by lightning. It's like, mm, I mean, that's pretty. How incredible. close was it? I would like. Are we talking it- about within a mile or like across the street or literally like feet away? If you're going to mention it in this manner, the implication is that it was within within sight and w- right. and within close sight. Like, you know, we're we're within a football field at least, probably right. more like a basketball court. Yeah, but even then, if it was a basketball court away, I wouldn't say it just missed me. Like, Are you Whoa, fucking I- joking? If lightning no. struck a basketball court away from you, you'd be like, uh-huh. it wasn't that close. It was close, but I wouldn't. There's a difference between saying, like, I witnessed a lightning strike super close, like 
I was so close to the lightning that it almost blew my ears out. It was only like a basketball court away. That would be very impressive. But it'd be another thing to say, a lightning bolt just missed me. <laughs> like that that denotes like a step away, you know. That is so insane that you're drawing that you you have this fucking line in the sand that makes no sense to me. This is absurd. It just missed me. Think so about if someone how- threw a baseball at me but missed me by a basketball court, I'd be like, whoa, just missed me. Baseball being thrown at you is extremely different. Like, it's contextually different. Uh-huh. Then I don't see it. The likelihood of a lightning strike landing very, very close to you is infinitesimally small compared to someone intentionally throwing a baseball at you. Like... You're talking about God missing you with a baseball versus Roger missing you with a baseball. It's very, very, very different. Like, yeah, it doesn't see it. Just miss means that it was like it would have hit you, except for you were standing next to a tree or something. Well, in that case, I've been just missed by a lightning strike. I was sitting in a car eating my lunch. Uh, with a a guy, uh, actually, weirdly enough, his name was Bryce, um, in, when I was working for the forest service and we were probably about maybe somewhere between 25 and 50 yards away from Mm -hmm. a tree, a big dead tree. Um, and it was the only, like we were in a clear cut. So it was like the Mm -hmm. only tree around. We were safe from it because we were in a car, mm-hmm. but, uh, but it struck the tree and I walked and, and it was so crazy to see it because it blew all the bark off this dead tree. It just, I mean, bark <laughs> uh-huh. came raining down on, on us. And I remember seeing, seeing the, the lightning bolt spiral down the trunk and you can still, I can still go, I can drive to that tree now and still look at, and that was, this was maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, still look at the, path that the lightning bolt took down the trunk of this tree interesting okay um another factoid rottweilers hired for the film attacked their trainers oh um this one is uh well i don't like it uh, a hotel in which the director stayed uh was bombed by the ira what the fuck and he was also struck by a car. Richard Donner was struck by a car. <laughs> ah, shit. Um, so dogs attacking trainers, like that's probably. I mean, I all take the. I take all these with a grain of salt. What do you mean by attacked? Like, and uh, how? Yeah, I could see you, that you happening. Are, you are so. You are so stingy in your uh, willingness to give it to other people when. I mean, all we had were some minor technical difficulties yesterday. And you're like, I don't know, curse the omen. <laughs> See, when it applies to you, it's from a fucking way different standard. Dude gets attacked by a dog and you're like, mm, I don't know, IRA bombing. Eh, you know, do you, do you think I, I actually believe that we're being cursed by the omen? I don't know. You said it. So, I mean, by your standards of this vi- taking things very literally. Uh, yeah, you must. No, I'm not taking it literally. I'm taking it as a skeptic. 
I was being ironic when I said we're, we're being cursed. Like, I don't think it was actually related to the omen. I don't think um, anybody who has ever given us a bad review would understand anything you just said. <laughs> uh, this one is actually kind of impressive. Uh, after Gregory Peck canceled another flight to Israel, the plane he would have chartered crashed, killing Damn. all on board. Sounds like it's the reverse of cursed. Sounds like it's right. blessed. Yeah. Hashtag I mean, at, at once, that's like the most impressive factoid that they've shared yet. But also, exactly like you said, that's the the opposite of being cursed. Yeah. Um, on day one of the shoot, several principal members of the crew survived a head-on car crash. Was the car crashing um, into their head, or were they like in the uh, car? They just got in a car crash. So basically, if you have bad drivers in your crew, you're cursed. Um, And then this one is the most laughable to me. is uh, The jinx appeared to persist well into post-production because when special effects artist John Richardson was injured and his girlfriend beheaded in an accident on the set of A Bridge Too Far. Damn, what? So someone associated with the, the special effects artist was working on a different film and he was injured and his girlfriend was beheaded. Oh, so, that got a lot. Less so wouldn't that mean a bridge too far is cursed? Why would that be like, how, how long is the, is the, uh, what's it called? Bad things happen. Oh, you mean the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, I can't think of the fucking turn of phrase. Either. The legal term. What am I looking for? Yeah. The statute the, of limit. What's the statute, statute of limitations for a cursed production? Yeah. Like when does that just, end? Just until the end, the end of your next film. But not only that, it can just be <laughs> anything can that just... happens to the hundreds of people associated loosely right. with this film in the next 20 years will mean it's cursed. That's the same you thing know, with Poltergeist. It's like, some of them died later. You know, Alfred Hitchcock, who made films much like this film that you are watching, died approximately seven and a half years after this was shot. Wow. Yeah. It's cursed. It's true. Part of the curse. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Anyways, there there's a couple more, but nothing as interesting as those. So I don't know. What do you think? Would you say like, oh, this is this in is a terms of film. in terms of like curses uh, and how how curses go? It definitely sounds like this was. Uh, I would. I don't know if I go so far as to say cursed. Maybe bemoaned, uh, <laughs> or 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 beleaguered by uh, uh, yes uh, by calamity. Uh, yeah, ominous calamity. Um, pew, 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 pew. oh no he's causing calamity always Um, has calamitous intent yeah we should we should have scales for curses should be like this was actually cursed versus like yeah this is just a beleaguered film like right they they came out pretty haggard after it (laughs) but otherwise unharmed yeah i mean you know There was a guy who was loosely associated with another guy who was associated with this one who was decapitated. Right. Several years after this finished. So. Right. 
do you do you really hold the reins on do you get to decide <laughs> no they had to live through this bryce it's true they had to live through the curse well um <laughs> it's, true. it's true um so thanks for listening and or watching however you're consuming horror movie talk please share the show with a friend if this is uh showing in october like definitely reach out to people watching spooky movies for the season and let them know there's a cool podcast that they can listen to as well um go to our website horrormovietalk.com there you'll find all different ways to support us and contact us uh special thanks to all our patrons all our new patrons um and if you want to leave us a voicemail call 682-253-4468 until next time boys and girls bye 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 we love you bye hello and welcome to horror movie talk an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show go 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 I just want to scroll through the scraggly woods. You have no face! Horror! Sabrina, don't just stare at it, eat it. New theatrical releases always get priority. But we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Uh, uh, uh. Wow, that didn't sound good.